Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday worship service. And um, we're continuing on our series, Magnify, you're on week two. And today we're going to talk about God's goodness. Open your Bibles to Psalm 34. We'll read from verse 4 to 10. Like I always say, it'd be good to have the Bible right there um, and track along with us. And let's magnify the Lord together. Psalm 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Why do we pray that the declarations from this psalm will be true for all of us? Holy Spirit, would you anoint the preaching of your word? Would it move in our hearts? Would it move in our minds? May we truly say and believe that you are good. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're talking about the goodness of God. God is good. And all the time, <laughs> you know what to say right there in the comment section, don't you? Yeah, that, that's something that we always say. Right? God is good, and people say all the time. And, every, and then the preacher says all the time, and people say God is good. You know what to say. Um, but see, this is challenged, especially in times of um, uh, trials, in times of tragedies. Now, if God is good, why is there the presence of suffering? Why is there the presence of evil? Why does he allow evil and suffering, pain, all these to happen if he is good? Now, I'm sure that you've heard, you know, a lot of preachings answering that question. But I don't want to really talk about that. What I want to talk about is the reasons why, the possible reasons why people actually ask this question. Okay? possible reasons why these people ask these questions. First possibility is that the one who asked this probably has, hasn't really tasted and seen the goodness of God for themselves. Maybe they have a different idea of a good God based on their own personal conviction. Right? So that's probably one reason. Another reason is probably for those who have tasted the goodness of God, maybe the circumstances that surround them make them magnify their pain and suffering more. And therefore, they forget the goodness of God. See, when the goodness of this world is magnified, it brings unrealistic expectations that lead to frustration and even dissatisfaction. On the other hand, when the fallenness of this world is magnified, this leads to hopelessness 
and depression. And this can happen even to the believer. And that's why we want to understand from the scripture, what does it mean to have a good God? What is the goodness of God? And as we study Psalm 34, may we find um, that He is good. And may this bring us hope and strength in the midst of our trials. So let's, let us magnify our good God as we read Psalm 34. Two things that show that God is good. The first thing is this. Our good God delivers us. Our good God delivers us. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Will God deliver us from all our problems and all our trials? To be honest with you, no. There are things that will happen in our lives. Pain, suffering, loss, tragedy that God will just allow to happen. But all that, when we go through all that, there will always be fear. What God will deliver us from is the fear that we would be able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death knowing that He is with us, that He will journey with us. Yes, we will feel fear, but we will not live in fear in the midst of the valleys, of those dreadful valleys. Why? Because He is with us. We can overcome day by day. He will deliver us from our fears. He will strengthen us. He will allow us to tread, to, be, to overcome whatever challenges we have. But the key is this. The key is in verse 5. Look at this. Those who look to Him are radiant. Now that word look doesn't just, you know, hindi lang yan ibig sabihin na tumingin. You know, the casual meaning ng tumingin in Tagalog. What it really means is, is uh, in its Hebrew, is to seek to explain, to expound, to personally seek, alright? To pursue facts. That's what it means when the, when the psalmist was saying this word, look. It's to magnify, if you may. It's to search, it's to seek, it's to understand. It's not, it's to not take things at face value. But it's when you see something, you seek, you study, you pursue the facts. Probably this could mean challenging your beliefs. Probably we have an expectation or a different orientation of what good is. We read the scripture and we understand that, wow, there, there probably is, there is a different quality of goodness. And so as we study, we are confronting our beliefs, challenging it, taking it to the next level. You know, with many things that are happening in our world today, if we're not intentional in seeking the goodness of God, we'll just be absorbing the evil of this world. If we just go through the motions, if we just allow things to just enter our minds, you know, we don't filter and we don't fill our minds with what is truly good and filter out what isn't, then we're just going to absorb. The psalm is exhorting us to look, look, seek, find, pursue. Are you personally seeking 
God through the scriptures. And you know, when you do that, here's what's going to happen. You will discover the true definition of goodness. God gets to define kasi what's good. Not what the world says, right? You know, this world likes to define good as perfect. You know, I mean, I, I mean no offense to those of people who are into marketing, but see, that's the goal of marketing, to project that their product is the best. And, you know, that's their job. That's what they should do. But the problem with us is that, wow, we, when we watch movies when we watch, or we look at our favorite uh, um, actor or athlete on Instagram and they're living the good life, we're thinking, hey, that's the good life. That's what good means. It's, it's a near-perfect life. But, you know, you, when you look at Instagram, you're just seeing the highlight reels of people. <laughs> That's not the real life. That's a superficial life. God gets to define what goodness is. Remember, he, why? Because He's the creator. You know, in the, in the creation story, He defines what is good. On the first day, second day, third day, it is good. It is good. It is good. He gets to do that because He is the creator. Now, His goodness is this. Goodness is the is the uh, grace that's given to us to overcome. To overcome the evil of this world. To overcome the problems that this world has. And God's goodness is expressed in Him delivering us from this fallen world, from the effects of sin, from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin in this world. Verse 6, the this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Those words, saves. Those words, that word, delivers. See, God's goodness doesn't guarantee total protection from harm and evil, but rather deliverance from it. So that when we see it and when we experience His deliverance in the midst of lahat ng mga problema natin, pag nakita natin siya na he, he just intervenes and He saves and delivers us, we will truly know that He is a faithful God, that He is a loving God, that He is a good God. If everything was just perfectly laid out, you know, everything was just perfect. Wala tayong problema. How would we know that we have a good God? We'd probably give ourselves and this world all the credit. <laughs> but because of the presence of problems and trials, in that dark situation, the light of His goodness shines the best because He intervenes, disrupts the plans of the enemy in our lives, and delivers us. See, our God is good because He delivers us. Our good God delivers us. Second thing about the goodness of God we can learn is that our good God satisfies us. Not only does He deliver us, but He satisfies us. He gives us joy, happiness, contentment. Verse 8 says it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good! With the exclamation point. With the oh... Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him with another exclamation point. 
Whoa, you know, for the psalmer to write it this way, meron pang ang O. <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering, I, I didn't get to study it. I'm just asking myself the question right now. I should have studied it, no? What was the actual Hebrew word that allowed the English translators to write the word O? What made them write the word O? Hmm. Good question to, to think about. Probably I'd study this later. But my point was, to, to say it this way, sarap na sarap. <laughs> sarap na sarap po. Ang nagsulat ng psalm sa goodness ni Lord. It's not just some, oh yeah, God's good. Of course He's good. It's not just some head knowledge. It's experiential. So this is an invitation to taste and see the goodness of God, to experience it for yourselves. That's what this was all about. Now, you know, in the Filipino language, no, ginagamit natin to, di ba? Ang sarap mabuhay. Ang sarap ng, ano, we don't just use the word masarap sa pagkain. No? We like to, ano, no? Because we are very experiential people, no? We love gatherings, and whenever there's gatherings, there's always food. You know, um, that's, that's just how we are. Kaya, laging nandyan yung mga salitang masarap, eh. Masarap na, masarap mabuhay na ang Diyos ay nasa tabi natin, no? Uh, masarap, masarap ang fellowship. Don't you just miss fellowship? Masarap pumunta sa church. Masarap pumunta sa victory group. Masarap paging kristyano. You know, we use that word masarap to describe emotions. So that's how we are. So we can relate with this very much. Pilipino kaya nagsulat nito? No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, okay? Now, we also use the word mapait to describe our emotions. Ang pait. Diba? Pait, napakapait, nung napakasakit, napakapait. O natatabangan, natatabangan ako sa relationship ko kay Lord. Diba? We use those, 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 uh, those words that, that are made to describe taste for even our painful experiences. For us to see that God is good even, even in hard times, we need to feed from His Word so that we can truly say, God is good at. We can truly say that I have tasted and seen that God is good. As we feed from the Word, then we will see His goodness. As we pray, you know, how's your prayer life lately? How intimate has it been lately? How about your worship life? And I'm not just talking about singing, but you're giving. You're giving of yourself. Your whole life, offering it to the Lord. In all of those, that's where we experience the goodness of God. Not just when good things happen in our lives, but when we actually gaze upon this Lord, look, then we see what is good. And we also see and realize that God is not just enough, but more than enough. Verse 9, Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Interesting that all of a sudden, the, this phrase, the fear of the Lord, comes into the picture. Okay? Let me ask you, how would you describe the fear of God? What does it mean to you? Does the fear of God just mean this? That, oh no, um, I'm just afraid of God because, you know, I'm living in sin. And, you know, I'm afraid of His wrath. I'm afraid of Him coming back at me and just punishing me for what I've done. 
Because I do know and I'm aware that I'm living in sin. Or I'm afraid of God if, you know, if, if I'm found out. Of course, that's wrong because God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows what you're doing right now. See, the fear of God is not centered around a terror of being caught or, or His wrath or His punishment because of your wrong behaviors and all that. The fear of God is centered around this fact that we are in awe of Him. We have reverence for Him. That's really the true meaning of the fear of the Lord. Of course, that will involve being afraid of, of, of rebelling against Him. Being afraid of the consequences of sin. Of course, that involves that. But the main theme of, being, of the fear of God is really reverence and awe. You're awestruck by this God. You're just looking at Him and He's like no other. And He's like, wow. You are floored by His greatness. You're amazed by His goodness. You're amazed by His power. That's really what the fear of God is. Now, if you have that fear of the Lord, along with that is trust. So because, of you because you fear the Lord, you know He's powerful and mighty and awesome, trust, okay, is automatically there. And when trust is there, contentment and satisfaction is there. Why? Because though this, you don't have all what you're dreaming for and praying for right now, because you trust Him, you know what you have is what you need from Him. And your hopes, okay, could still happen in His time. You trust in His timing. You trust in His sovereignty. You trust in what He has placed in your hands, on your hands right now, today, in this very moment. See, that's why fear leads to trust. Trust leads to satisfaction right there. See, God's goodness transcends our trials. He is faithful. And if you believe that, you will be satisfied. You will be content. You will be joyful even. Because of the endless possibilities of what God can bring in your life. Maybe not now. So if you're now, now you're suffering and you're, you're just really magnifying your losses, listen. Maybe God took that away because He has things put in your life things of greater value or maybe God is preparing your character shaping your character so you'd be prepared for the abundance that he will entrust to you so you see if you fear the Lord things your perspective is shaped and you get to realize God is good because he's not just a genie who gives me what I want but he prepares me for to steward the abundance that he can give, that he can bring in my life one day. Right? See, our God is a God who satisfies. Our good God satisfies us. So as we land this sermon, we can experience the goodness of God, really. If we look at that, our, our God, our good God delivers us. Our good God satisfies us. You know all that? We see in Christ. We see in what He has done and who He is. Okay? We can experience God's goodness through Christ. Because through Him, we have been delivered. Not just from our problems, but from our, our trials here right now in this pandemic. But the greatest virus ever, we've been delivered from our sins through Christ. 
And so we could see the goodness of God right there in Christ, delivering us from the penalty and the power of sin. But other than salvation, other than delivering us, Christ also gave us through this relationship that we have with God, through this salvation, through us being saved by Him, this is, these are the things that are, were given to us. We are given a new identity. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says that. Therefore, now we know we're valued and loved. People tend to identify us. Awalayan, this is your net worth, so you're not worth that much, your value. No, no, no. Now you see how much you're valued because the Savior of the world died for you. God Himself sent His Son for you. No matter what your past is, no matter, doesn't matter how much money you have or influence you have. If you're in Christ, you are His. So we were given a new identity. We're now sons and, and, and daughters, children of God. We're also given a new purpose. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 tells us that. A royal priesthood. Wow. Not just a priesthood, a royal priesthood. We are we now get to be used by God. Could you imagine that? We're given that. No matter what your past is, no matter you know, what your perceived incompetencies are, your perceived weaknesses are, God can use that, use you for His purpose. What a privilege. So we're given a new identity. We're given a new purpose. We're also given a new power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power. Power to be a witness. Power to have our character shaped as well um, by the fruit of the Spirit. That's another verse, of course. But, the, but this power is the power of the Holy Spirit. Enables us to be a witness. Enables us to have the fruit of the Spirit. Enables us to have the gifts of the Spirit. And many more. I could go on and on about the benefits of the Holy Spirit. But we were given that. We were given a new power. And this I love. We are given a new family. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. We're part of the household of God. If you're a believer, you're not the only believer. You were gathered with, along with the others. And we can grow in community. Yes, we're going to have, we're, it's never going to be perfect. We're all a work in progress. However, we can journey together. We can help one another to grow in the faith. We don't have to walk alone. So all these should make us more than satisfied. This should bring us joy. And all these we have in Christ. So truly, our God delivers us. Our God satisfies us. He is good. My prayer is that we magnify that. We magnify that. We slow down our brain. Probably our brains are filled with thoughts of, you know, all negative stuff going on in our lives. Maybe we watch the news too much and we magnify all the bad news out there. How about looking at the, the scriptures that has the good news? And why don't we magnify that? We don't have to escape from the realities of the world. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm saying be aware of that, but don't magnify that. Magnify the Lord as you read the scriptures, pray, worship, abide in Him. May that be magnified, the goodness of God, and may it give you peace. But more than that, may it, Produce in us the attitude, the discipline, the perseverance to magnify Him in the midst of the good and the bad that's happening around with us. May it make us say this in Psalm 34 verse 1. 
may we declare what the psalmist was saying. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. The, psalmer, the psalmist here was not just magnifying the goodness of God. He was one who was inviting others to magnify the Lord with Him. My prayer is that as we magnify God, may we invite others to magnify Him along with us as well. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You for Your Word today. Lord, we may have been magnifying so much issues, so much negativity, and maybe because of our circumstances, or maybe because of what we're hearing in the news or hearing from our loved ones. Father, we ask you, help us to fix our eyes on you. And when it's fixed, Lord God, not only will we fix, but may we magnify your goodness that we may see that there is hope. Father, I just pray for your goodness in providing healing and protection to my brothers and sisters right here and also provision. Father, thank you that you will provide, protect, and heal them. Whatever it is that they're going through, God, may through the favor that they receive from you, may they truly declare that you are good. But may, they, may this just be a starting point of really understanding. May their idea of, of you being a good God not just be based on the blessings that come, but may it at least give them a foretaste of what they could discover through your word and through your spirit as they abide in you, as they have a revelation of you, of your goodness. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I also pray, Lord God, for your goodness to bring revival to my brothers and sisters, to help them find joy and peace. Probably at time, there was a time that they tasted and seen that this Lord is good, and while they were on fire, but Lord, thank you that it's, it's not just about being emotional, sentimental. That's not just what revival is. That's not just what knowing and tasting and seeing what God, how good the goodness of God is. But Lord, may the goodness of God bring revival in such a way that they will be convicted right deep in their soul. That it would be a lasting, it would be a lasting conviction. Despite the mediocrity of their lives today, Lord, thank you that they will know that you are good. Lord, I also pray for your goodness to satisfy, to bring satisfaction, Lord God, to the restless hearts. Probably they've been going online, shopping, with all the discounts happening, trying to fill that, that, that void in their hearts because they feel lonely. They feel that they lack. So they go through all these websites and shop all day one nothing bad with shopping but it's really wrong if they use that to fill that loneliness and that void in their hearts god may you bring all of us lord to a place where we would truly find joy and satisfaction in your presence so father thank you that as we experience that we will truly know that you are good lord thank you for your the preaching of your word today in jesus name amen
and amen. Thank you and we'll see you next week.